Today on Blue 58, we've spent a lot of time this offseason talking about how the Packers' offense is going to look with Jordan Love at the helm. And that's fair. It's going to be an important thing this season. But what about two of his most important teammates? What about Aaron Jones and Christian Watson? Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I am your host, John Meerdink, and I'm happy to be with you here for another episode. I've been rolling around today's topic in my head for a while, because I'm not really sure there's an answer. But it to take you back to how I got fixated on this, somebody said a couple of weeks ago, some of the, one of the Packers coaches, and I, I've lost who it was, but that's not really important, started talking about how, well, Aaron Jones is heading into his seventh season, so we may have to limit his touches at some point this season. And that struck me as a little bit funny just because of how his career has played out. For so long, we spent time talking about how the Packers just need to unleash Aaron Jones. The Packers just need to unleash Aaron Jones. We need to get Aaron Jones the ball more. We need him to be more involved in the offense, and so on and so on and so on. And now we get to the point where Aaron Jones is heading into his age 29 season, and the conversation has flipped entirely. we got to make sure we don't overuse Aaron Jones, right? We want to make sure he's healthy for the entire season. Now, to be fair, he is going to be 29, and he has never been, you know, the biggest or sturdiest back in the world. He's five foot nine, listed at 208 pounds. I would just like to say I, I don't entirely believe that measurement. He may have been 208 pounds at one point. Looking at him on the field, does he look like he's 208 pounds to you? It's possible that weight may not be entirely accurate. However, the question of load management and things like that got me thinking about how the Packers use Aaron Jones in 2023, which led me further to think about how the Packers use their other most dynamic offensive player, Christian Watson, in 2023, because I think there is reason to believe both of them were used a little bit oddly in 2022. So I want to look a little bit at the overall picture of what both of these guys did in 2022, and how that may change for 2023. Starting with Aaron Jones. Jones is going to be, I don't know if he'll be the engine for the Packers offense, but he's probably their most con- most important contributor this year. I don't think Christian Watson is going to be fully there as like the guy you build the offense around yet. And given that a big part of Christian Watson's success is going to be Jordan Love's success. I think counting on him to be the guy in the Packers offense in the way that, say, Devontae Adams was the guy in the Packers offense, I think might be asking a little bit too much. But Aaron Jones can affect the Packers offense in a lot of in a lot of ways. He can affect it as a runner. He can affect it as a receiver. He can affect it, or affect it as a, a blocker you know, in, in pass protection, things like that. He contributes to a lot of different areas of the Packers offense. So what did his 2022 offense, what did the, the Aaron Jones offense look like in 2022? For starters, in terms of where he was lining up on the offense, we actually saw an unusual amount of Aaron Jones in the slot in 2022. According to Pro Football Focus, he lined up in the slot for 59 plays last season, just over 9% of the total snaps 
he was on the field for last year. That is a career high. The previous high was 2020. But right off the bat, I think we have to add a bit of a caveat here, which factors in to Jones' usage in a big way. Pro Football Focus, if I understand their charting mechanism correctly and their charting guide, I have a copy of their charting guide from 2018. I don't think things have changed a whole lot since then. But they're mainly concerned with where guys end up at the snap of the ball. And Jones ending up in the slot at the snap of the ball, I think, is different from how he's been used when split out wide previously. Because a lot of what we saw for Jones uh, in terms of where he ended up on the field was due to motion. And a lot of it was because he was motioning out of the backfield when the Packers were running their, their pony package, when they had their two backs in the backfield with Jones and Dylan together. So Jones ended up in the slot, but what he was doing there was not entirely like a slot receiver type job. It was more a really quick check down. There was no like, pretend you're going to pass block and then leak out of the backfield sort of check down, but it was designed as kind of a run pass option with the the run to Dylan being one of them. And then the, the, the quick short pass to Jones being another one. And that data is going to show up in in other stuff from his 2022 performance. So he did end up in the slot a lot, a career high, but it wasn't the same as it's been in previous years. I think if we were looking for one way that Jones could be used differently, and we'll circle back to this in a second for 2022, it's more as a true wide receiver, especially if the Packers want to do those two back sets a little bit more, get him out of the backfield in a situation where he can do some actual receiver routes. The other thing that is noteworthy from his 2022 numbers is the kind of running he was doing. According, again, to Pro Football Focus, more than 33% of his carries, just over one in three, were gap scheme runs. So Matt LaFleur comes in with the wide zone scheme, wants to run a lot of wide zone type stuff. You get all the offensive linemen moving in one direction. The receiver basically follows the blockers or cuts back off of them off the backside. I think that's about as simple as I've ever tried to characterize what the the wide zone offense looks like. That changed a little bit in 2022, and we've talked about this on the show before. The Packers ran a little bit more gap-oriented type stuff, pulling linemen, fullback leads, things like that. That was a, a bit of a change for Jones. The only time percentage-wise, he ran roughly as many gap runs was in 2018 when Mike McCarthy was calling the shots for the Packers offense. That year, he ran 33.83% of his carries as as gap runs. This year, it was 33.18%. That is a change, and it's up from any other year in the LeFleur era, significantly up, as a matter of fact. For instance, in 2019, it was just about 23%. In 2020, it was 29%. And in 2021, it was 26%. So we are seeing a little bit more of that out of Aaron Jones. We're also seeing him run to slightly different areas of the field, too. Pro Football Focus charts their runs in one of, I think it's eight different directions here, if I'm counting quickly, just looking at my notes here. They've got left end, left tackle, left guard and middle right or middle left, and then right guard, right tackle, right end. In terms of rush directions, Jones spent more time running extremely wide in 2022 than he ever has in Green Bay. 42.7% of his runs were considered wide runs in 2022. That is 8% higher 
than any other season in Green Bay. He also ran up the middle significantly less than any previous season as well. Just 22% of his carries came up the middle, so middle left or middle right. On their charting diagram, that is basically just to the immediate left or right of the center, even right up, right over center too. Just 22% of his carries came in that area of the field. That is a career low for Aaron Jones. When was he doing it the most, you might wonder? I'm glad you asked because this is another opportunity to complain about Mike McCarthy's usage of Aaron Jones. In 2018 and 2017, more than one in three of his carries came running directly up the middle. 33%, 33.08% in 2018, and 34.5% in 2017. Yeah, I've got this 5'9", maybe 200-pound back. What am I going to do with him? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to run him right up the middle. Is he fast? Well, sure, yeah. But I think what we really want to do with this Jones guy is get him right in the middle of the field where all the biggest and strongest guys are. To me, that's what makes the most sense as a highly successful football coach. And I like Mike McCarthy, but come on, Mike. We're underthinking this one. What does Aaron Jones do the best? Just look at him. He's, he's built to run outside, whether that's in a gap scheme or in a zone scheme. In 2022, he did the most of that that he's ever done. And it's been trending upward throughout the Lafleur era, era as well. In terms of receiving numbers, 2022 was a significant change for Jones as well. He caught more passes behind the line of scrimmage than he ever has in his career. 45 targets for Jones came behind the line of scrimmage. That is a whopping 63% of his total targets in 2022 came behind the line of scrimmage. He had 71, according to Pro Football Focus, total targets in 2022. 45 of them were behind the line of scrimmage, and that led to an average depth of target, which we talk about a lot on this show, of negative 0.2 yards. And that dovetails with what we talked about before. Jones' slot alignment stuff is different than him just lining up there as a typical receiver. It's coming a lot of times in those pony package looks where he's motioning out of the backfield and ends up just catching a quick RPO-style pass. He's already behind the line of scrimmage. He's not getting down the field at all. And to that end, Aaron Jones has shown that he can be an effective wide receiver when he goes down the field. In 2019, he had his career high in terms of average depth of target of 1.9 yards, which for a running back is pretty far downfield, but they were getting him downfield more. It's, that number just indicates that he was getting more passes, fewer passes behind the line of scrimmage and more passes down the field. He had a career high in deep targets that year, uh, had more short targets than any other year as well uh, beyond the line of scrimmage, um, just getting down the field a little bit more than any other year. The The average depth of target for 2019 for Jones was 1.9 yards. He had a career-high 474 receiving yards that year on 49 catches, averaged a career-high 9.7 yards per catch. So he can do it. He's done it before. In 2022, he was not getting the opportunity to do that. So that's where he was in 2022. What do the Packers need to do with him in 2023? I think the obvious thing is to do what is working, and that is running Jones to the outside, whether that is zone or gap stuff. Get him to the outside of the formation and let him run to the outside. That is, I think, about as obvious as it gets from a 
football perspective. Obviously, you're going to have to run him up the middle from time to time just as a tendency breaker. But look at the Packers' top two running backs. You've got Aaron Jones, five foot nine, air quotes, 208 pounds, and A.J. Dillon, six feet tall, whatever he is, way more than that, 245, 250. The quad father, quadzilla, he's a big guy is the point. Which of those guys is going to run in the middle and which of those guys is going to run to the outside? You know the answer to that. I know the answer to that. You're going to have to mix it up sometimes, but that's what the Packers should do. They got that part right in 2022. However, I think the Packers could improve their usage for Aaron Jones a little bit in getting him some different looks in the passing game. Whether it's lining up as a true slot receiver or an outside receiver or wherever, the Packers need to get Jones farther down the field in 2023. No more of these ineffectual RPO, you know, quick check down sort of looks. He is a better receiver than that, and you can get more out of him than that than just these quick sort of dump off passes. He is a better player than that. You can you can do more creative things than that. So get him further down the field, whether it's as a traditional receiver out of the backfield or as a true receiver from the slot or out wide. And just, you know, maybe to put a finer point on that even, get Jones out of the backfield more. Line him up in the slot. Line him up out wide. You're still not exactly flush with talent at receiver. You're not flush with proven performers there. I would have to think Aaron Jones is at least as good in your passing game as spots four through wherever on the receiver depth chart right now. He certainly can't be worse. Why not have him out there? Why not do some more creative things there too? So continue to run Jones wide, get him more involved down the field in the passing game, and let him be a receiver in ways that he wasn't in 2022. Now what about Christian Watson? I think by just about all accounts, with the possible exception of one very notable play, Watson did about what we asked him to in 2022. The best prediction in terms of stats that I've ever made was that Watson was going to go for about 40 catches and about 600 yards in 2022. He ended up with 41 catches and 611 yards. The stats are good across the board. 66 targets, 41 catches, 611 yards, seven touchdowns, caught 62% of his targets. It, It was a good rookie season. It could have been better had he been healthy all the way through and really healthy. I think the most important thing would have been if he was healthy in training camp. But we eventually got there. We got the Christian Watson experience. But what was, from a statistical perspective, what was the Christian Watson experience? The most important thing in terms of where he was on the field is the breakdown between slot and wide snaps in 2022. 68% of his snaps came wide, another 30% in the slot. That feels like a pretty good ratio for me. Maybe even a little bit higher than they probably would have guessed in the slot, but I think he can be effective there. I think the Packers showed that non-traditional slot wide receivers can still be effective. And Devontae Adams, I think, showed just how effective he could be operating out of the slot. Basically, since Jordy Nelson tore his ACL, uh, Adams got increasingly more opportunities in the slot. And even Jordy Nelson is not exactly who you would think of as a, a typical slot receiver, but as he aged and recovered from his from his ACL injury, he was able to make a lot of hay out of the slot 
just by understanding what he had to do on the field. Watson is an entirely different sort of cat than both of those guys because he offers something that both, I think even Jordy Nelson at his very best and Devontae Adams certainly couldn't offer, which is just absolutely ludicrous blazing speed. Nelson was a fast wide receiver, plenty fast to succeed in the NFL. I don't want to be one of those guys that's like, he was sneaky fast or whatever. No, he was just fast. But Jordy Nelson fast and Christian Watson fast are two very different kinds of speed. And I think that just is apparent from looking at how they, how they run on the field. Getting Christian Watson slot opportunities, I think, is something the Packers should continue to try to do in 2022 or in 2023 because he showed that he could be effective there in 2022. In terms of where he was catching the ball, Watson, I think, suffered in 2022 from overthinking things a little bit in terms of of the coaching staff. Watson spent far too much time, I think, in 2022 catching balls behind the line of scrimmage, either on push passes or similar sort of screen operations, and far too little time being targeted deep down the field. Now, part of that is Aaron Rodgers and his various issues with you know, integrating with rookie receivers or, or trying to integrate with rookie receivers to whatever extent that you believe that that's an issue. I don't put a ton of weight on that, but I think we can say that he wasn't entirely comfortable all the time throwing deep to his younger receivers. I think that shows up in Watson's data. Only 18 targets deep down the field and only 18 targets in the medium range, according to Pro Football Focus. But eight touches or catches targets behind the line of scrimmage, which is just far too little. To put a finer point on that, Christian Watson's average depth of target for 2022 was 14.3 yards, which works out to be pretty good. That was higher than uh, Alan Lazard, higher than Romeo Dobbs, but it's really only because the Packers really changed how they used him down the stretch in 2022. Through the first nine weeks of the season, Watson had a single game one single game where his average depth of target was more than 10 yards downfield. And I bet you can guess right off the top of your head which game that was. It was the week one game in which he had the very notable target very far downfield, which unfortunately clanked off his hands and cost him an immediate shot at Green Bay Packers immortality, but perhaps he will still get there yet. I do not it, as discouraging as that was, I don't know how big of a difference that makes in that, difference that makes in that game. Obviously, it didn't affect his overall season that much, but there would have been at least one more score for the Packers in that Week One game against the Vikings. I think of of that we can be certain. But that game, he averaged fourteen. His average depth of target was fourteen point three yards, exactly where he was for the entire season. However, after that game. Watson did not have a double-digit average depth of target until week 10. Twice in the next roughly month and a half, his average depth of target was negative yardage. Once it was exactly zero yards, and then he was injured for a couple games in there as well. That just simply should not happen. It just cannot happen that way. And if that happens again in 2023, we need to be at least organizing, if not a torch and pitchfork mob, a very polite exploratory committee to offer some very strongly worded suggestions to Matt LaFleur. Just look at Christian Watson. We talked about this 
with Aaron Jones. We talked about this, you know, in relation to A.J. Dillon. What, if you just look at Christian Watson and what he does on the field, what should he be doing as his primary responsibility? He should be running as fast as he can deep down the field. Multiple times per game, he should be getting targets deep down the field. And yet the Packers didn't regularly do that until week 10. And starting in week 10, Watson's ADOT goes way up. In week 10, his average depth of target is 21 yards. 11, it's 19.2. 12, it's 14.7. 13, it's 21.3. It dips down to 6 and 9.1 in 15 and 16. But then in 17 and 18, it's up to 25.8 and 17.7. The back half of the season, Christian Watson becomes a deep threat. The first half of the season, the Packers didn't trust him to go down the field really at all. And that roughly mirrors how the Packers used Romeo Dobbs as well. Most of his targets early in the season were fairly short. For the first month of the season or so, he also didn't crack double digits in terms of average depth of target. Once every other receiver was hurt, once Christian Watson was hurt, once Sammy Watkins was hurt, Dobbs started to get some opportunities down the field. But until then, it was very similar to where Watson was. So that has to change for Watson. Watson needs to continue to work out of the slot, however much they'll let him, and he needs to get the ball deeper downfield. Those are the two things that really have to happen, I think, for Watson to be more effective in 2022. 2023, excuse me. What year is it anyway? Time has stopped meaning anything. I know I'm not the first person to say that, but boy, since the since 2020, I have no idea what year it is anymore. And people keep telling me last year was 2022 for the season. doesn't feel that way. Last year maybe was 2020. Still trying to get over last season's loss to the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship. These last couple seasons, have they really happened? I don't know. But anyway, getting Aaron Jones and Christian Watson into their into a situation where they can be the most effective versions of themselves, age 29, Aaron Jones, age whatever, year two, Christian Watson, that is going to do a lot to help Jordan Love. Love will have to take advantage, particularly when it comes to Watson, of the opportunities that his teammates provide him. That is a given. That is the truth for for every player out there. But at least getting Jones and Watson into position where they can have the biggest impact on the game is should be the biggest priority for Matt LaFleur other than making sure Jordan Love essentially knows all the plays. And it seems like they have a high degree of confidence that he can do that. Let's see what they can do as far as getting Jones and Watson on the same page in terms of those same priorities. That's all I've got for you on this episode of Blue 58. I appreciate you tuning in. I'd appreciate it even more if you would take a second and share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it. That's going to help more people find the show and get more people involved in this conversation you and I are having about the Green Bay Packers, which in turn is going to help all of us, me included, become smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.